Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Great Brazilian team. Scout, it's there. They're ahead. It's one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And today, we're giving you an inside look at the teams and playoff pictures to date. As we present Atlanta Soccer Tonight. It's here now. The goalkeeper's beaten. And South Africa have their first goal. Listen as Jason Longshore gives you all the latest in the world of soccer. As we break down the matchups and get you insights you can only find here. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. Thanks for being late night degenerates with us after midnight on a Sunday night. I'm Jason Longshore alongside Jessica Charman and Jess I don't even know where to start after what we saw today. One of the most insane sporting events I have ever witnessed with the stakes being what they were, determining the World Cup champion. This game had so many twists and turns and emotional swings. I'm just surprised that I actually have a voice to do the show tonight. Yeah, I'm pretty impressed with your range right now, Jason Longshore. (laughs) I was watching that game. And in the 80th minute, I'm not going to lie, I had a few thoughts about my friend Jason Longshore and I was a little bit concerned about his health and safety. I did send you a message to check in on you, but for the neutral, oh my goodness, the neutral was blessed with the game of the ages. I have watched soccer my entire life, 28 years now, and I don't think I've seen a game that's quite made me feel the way it did in terms of the twists, the turns, the unpredictable nature, and it just kept throwing different punches at you, different avenues for you. And this is why we love the game, right? We love it because it is so unpredictable that you can have two of the best to play playing in a game and stepping up and putting their teams on their backs. And uh, I was expecting a good game. I don't think I was expecting that game, Jason. No. Um I left you guys on last night's show, our, our, the final preview ahead of this game. Uh, I left you with a thought that I, I expected Argentina to win. I thought it'd be 3-2. was pretty close on that. Um, but I did say that I thought it would be a final that we would talk about for decades. And it will. It was that kind of a game. I went back to look at the message that you sent me during the game. You said, are you surviving this game? And my answer was No. <laughs> I was a little worried in that moment. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm really far away. I can't help. <laughs> I um, 
I ended up going to the Coca-Cola Roxy for the Atlanta United event, which was an amazing event and it was packed and it was just such a cool way to experience this match. And I'm glad it was really loud in there because uh, the screams that were coming out of me at different points and some were happy and some were not happy and it was just insane. I like I don't even know really where to start with this thing because this game is so nuts. Let's try to go a little chronological with it if we can. Um you get the opening goal. The be very beginning was probably about what we would expect, right? A little cagey. France was a little passive. Both teams had lineup surprises for us. We weren't sure if Olivier Giroud would start because of a knee issue that was reported on Saturday. He did. Um, we weren't sure about Argentina starting Angel Di Maria. I didn't expect it. It wasn't talked about in the Argentine media. They did. And Angel Di Maria was the most impactful player in this match, really for the 60 plus minutes he was on the pitch. He earns the penalty to kick things off. Yeah. And you look at the penalty and I know there's a lot of people that have said it's soft, but it's a stupid, it's a stupid, stupid foul. It, it, I just don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're letting him pass you so easily. And then to make the contact, to to give him the opportunity to go down is wild. And I just think that Argentina had really dominated. I know you say it was cagey, but I still felt like Argentina was by far the better team. France were flustered as the back as we knew they were going to be. Hernandez was getting run over like we kind of thought he might be. And I think the penalty was just brewing and that was the opportunity that Messi needed. And uh, I was anxious as he ran up to take that penalty because everyone wanted him to have this moment. And I was relieved when he absolutely rocketed it in. Look, he did something that Diego Maradona never did, which is score in a World Cup final. And he has been ice cold in those moments in this tournament. And he was, once again, uh, he set another mark in, in history. Feels like he set about 20 of those during this tournament. First player in World Cup history to score in the group stage, in the round of 16, in the quarterfinal, in the semifinal, and in the final. Every stage of the tournament, Lionel Messi stepped up and scored. We'll come back to Leo here as we go. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you in the sense that I think the very beginning of the match, it was kind of, okay, how is this going to play out? And then Argentina started to gain control. I, I thought Rodrigo de Paul was brilliant in this match. He was everywhere in the first half. And it was de Paul and it was Di Maria, who I thought were the two players that were really taking over. They got a lot of help as the game went on from Alexis McAllister. And the goal to go 2-0 up for Argentina one of the prettiest goals you will ever see in a final. Started with the, the building out of the back, the flick from Messi out wide, perfect ball from McAllister across to Di Maria. And then it's not an easy finish for him to beat Hugo Lloris. He made it look easy. Yeah, it's another goal for the showreel, really, when you think about it. And to have that composure, to have that vision in a World Cup final, it felt like Argentina was truly feeling themselves. No, they felt like they were able to express themselves and play the way they want to play. And it seemed like they were putting cruise control on in that moment. I'm not going to lie. I was like, wow, this is not looking good for France. You saw the French body language after the goal. They were absolutely rattled. I thought there might be some tears of like 
horror pretty much because Argentina had come in with the right headspace. You know, I think there's a lot of talk before this tournament or before this game even that maybe they would be a little emotional, that maybe they would need to kind of get grounded and that France would have the advantage because they've been here. These players have been in the final, but Argentina took that and threw it in the garbage. Let's be honest. They came with the best attitude possible and that first 45 was very very good and I felt that after that second goal I was just like okay and it was foolish of me I should have really looked at the rest of this tournament and not felt this way but I kind of had a feeling like this game was put to bed I thought it was game over I'm not gonna lie to you I was feeling about the same way and I typically don't allow myself to feel that way in games like this um, I know the old cliche about a two goal lead or two nil scoreline is the most dangerous scoreline in soccer it's I hate the cliche because you only remember when it doesn't work out well it didn't in, in this game as we'll get to that in a minute but first half no shots for France none they made two subs in the first half First ever double substitution in the first half of a World Cup final. Olivier Giroud <laughs> did come off. Dembele came off. Dembele was poor in this Awful. game. Just Awful. really bad. Conceded the penalty really bad. Marcus Taram came on. And a player that we've talked about before and a player that I talked about last night specifically that I thought could come in and really be a problem in the match, Randall Colomwani. And I thought he was very good. France initially moved... Mbappe into the middle as a nine and then they went back to Mbappe out wide and I think that was better for them and they, they looked more dangerous in the second half but it took them a while like even in the early stages of the second half Argentina was the better team they had opportunities DePaul, Julian Alvarez, Lionel Messi all had shots all had opportunities France didn't have a shot before the 60th minute None, no shots, not shots on target, no shots. Had never it felt happened that before. way though. It, it felt did. that way. It really felt like I didn't know what France was gonna have to do to get an opportunity. Argentina controlled them very well. They frustrated the players. They were able to keep Mbappe silent pretty much. It was a very frustrating first 70, 80 minutes for him. But I think that it always felt like you have a player of Mbappe's quality on the pitch and maybe something can happen. It was never quite closed off, kind of like how you feel from an Argentine perspective when they're trailing or not having a good day that you know there's a player that can have a moment of magic. And uh, I think we got proved that sometimes you have that gut feeling and maybe you know why you have that gut feeling. Yeah, 79th minute, Nicolas Otamendi, who has had an amazing tournament for Argentina, he concedes a penalty, fouls Colomwani. It's a penalty. You know, the the first two penalties in the game, I mean, if you want to call them soft, whatever, they're penalties. I, I didn't have a problem with either call, to be honest. Uh, I like that it's consistent. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. You couldn't give one and yep. not the other. You've set that margin. Yep for what is considered a foul inside the box, and you've been consistent with it. And I think the referee deserves a lot of praise for consistency without needing the VAR. They, he was just very determined to give the correct call. I really enjoyed those calls. Referee was excellent. And he it was a tough game because it's a final, and there were a lot of potential flashpoints with things. I think he got all the big decisions right. I do. Mbappe converts on the penalty. Youngest player to score 10-plus World Cup goals ever with that goal. It's 2-1. Okay, 
I started freaking out at this point because I watched the game <laughs> against the Netherlands and I remember how shaky Argentina got. Well, I didn't even have long to to freak out ahead of time here because one minute, 37 seconds after Mbappe scores from the spot, he scores again. Marcus Taram came on. He sets the play up. Mbappe volleys at home. Incredible goal. Shortest recorded gap between two goals in a World Cup final ever. And you go in less than three minutes, if you want to go back to the penalty being called. You go, and I'll I'll talk about this from my perspective, being a a fan of Argentina. You go from 2-0 up, everything is good. It's looking, uh, maybe it's going to be a little tougher towards the end, but all right, Argentina is going to win this. To Argentina is going to lose this in regulation because Mm -hmm. I didn't know if they could steady themselves after that. And it was tough after that because France had opportunities to put the game away before regulation ended. But then out of nowhere, Lionel Messi nearly wins it in the 97th minute after it. But Hugo Lloris makes an incredible save. It was that prototypical messy opportunity where he gets it on the right half of the field cuts across and unleashes with the left foot and that thing was moving too and Larice made the save maybe look a little more comfortable than probably it was yeah firstly back to conceding the second goal the shell shock of this argentine side had me very worried for you I- i'm not gonna lie there they was like tired. a feeling of exhaustion mentally physically a feeling of emotional overload i can't even imagine the feeling of being on that pitch and feeling like you're you know got one hand on the world cup and all of a sudden you know you you're back into a drawer and staring into the eyes of extra time which neither team would have really wanted they wanted to put the game to bed in the regulation, the strike, the view from behind, you see how much the ball moves. It's so unpredictable. It's such a clean strike. And I think Larissa's dive, he had to literally hang himself in the air because he'd almost over-predicted where the ball was going to go. And then it hung in the air and turned and twisted. And you, you can't make up how difficult it is to strike a ball that's going to move like that so cleanly. And it's a huge save. I'm not going to lie. I thought he'd won it. I really thought this was going to be the moment of absolute madness, but the game had other ideas and I don't mind that it did. I I did mind that it did because I didn't want any more ideas at this point. I wanted Messi to win it with that play because when he starts to shift to the left, I'm already like, I don't, I might've been in the air at that point. I might've jumped. Like thinking he's about you did the Larice. You were you were like Larice hanging in the air. I might have. I didn't hang in the air very long. I'm not I'm way past the hanging in the air days. But uh I thought that was gonna be it, and I thought that was gonna be the ultimate storybook finish. Uh, but it wasn't. It goes to extra time. Extra time was insane, just like regulation was. Uh you get a goal by Messi with his right foot. His 100th goal with his right foot. I love that there's a stat for that. Following up on a rebound. Lloris started to look a little shaky. I don't think this one was really the epitome of it because it was a tough kind of point blank save on Latara Martinez. With his face. he. I think it hit him in the face if I saw the Oof. angle correctly. It was a point blank save in his face. And 
couldn't get up quick enough to respond. Messi yeah. was the quickest to react. And that's how you, you know, win World Cups, you're the quickest to respond and react. But I do think you're right, Lloris looked a little shaky and that can happen after conceding and a little bit of pressure here and there and things like that. Yeah, I mean, Messi had an opportunity uh, that kind of got through traffic that I thought Lloris might have been able to catch a little more comfortably or at least smother, and he, he gave up a rebound. I mean, it was just, it, it was turning into an insane game at this point before Messi gets the go-ahead goal. Then you're like, okay, that's the storybook finish. Messi's mm-hmm. going to have the winner in extra time. But no, Mbappe takes a shot from outside the 18. It goes off the arm of Gonzalo Montiel. It is a handball. It is the epitome of a handball call. Goes to the spot. Mbappe goes to the spot on a hat trick, second penalty of the day, and he converts it. And we're still not done. First, give Mbappe's credit. We're going to talk more about killing Mbappe after the break. But to convert two penalties that Emiliano Martinez is so good on penalties, that shows the composure that killing Mbappe has. But we're still not done. There was another opportunity in extra time that, is maybe one of the biggest plays ever in a final that I have seen ever. Mm-hmm. It's that big of a play. The oh ball gosh. at the top, it feels like the game is, is drifting towards penalties, and it's a French ball over the top, and Kolomwani has the World Cup trophy on his right foot, and Debu Martinez makes the save of his life. I, I lost it. I, I was... I was just screaming at that point because I thought, one, the game's over because France is going to win it now when that ball goes over the top. And then Debu saves Argentina. It was incredible. And I think it's important to note it was a great strike. You know, a lot yeah. of the times in these one-on-ones, people look back and go, oh, he should have scored. No, he did everything right to score. Martinez just had other ideas. He comes out big and... The angle from behind the goal, which I posted, is where it's so impressive because you see the full stretch. It's not like when, you know how commentators will say, oh, he put it down his throat. Oh, he hit it straight out of the goalkeeper. No. The goalkeeper literally put every inch of his leg and spread and anticipated perfectly, closed the angle down and stood up long enough to then be able to hit and get down to the ground. It's one of the best saves I've ever seen in terms of quality in any moment in a game. Yeah. But to be in the dying seconds of a World Cup final before you go into penalties to keep your side in it, there's no save that will mean that much in a very long time, I feel like. No. The the shot of behind the goal showing the full stretch that Emiliano Martinez was in to make the save, and he didn't have a whole lot behind it, but he makes the save. That sends it two penalties. Argentina had played 792 minutes and 15 seconds. That is the most a team has ever played in a World Cup, and it came down to penalties. Kind of a perfect breaking point for us. So we're going to take a quick one to catch our breath. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Atlanta soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Covering the world of soccer live. With Jason Longshore. And it's the man from the back. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Late, late night edition wrapping up the World Cup final. We did not plan to actually leave you with a cliffhanger going into the penalties, but it kind of works out perfect because that 90 minutes plus the extra time Plus all the stoppage time that I, I I do remember as I was possibly blacking out at this point, Jess, um, before that last French opportunity, it was past the three minutes of stoppage time for the second half of extra time that had been indicated. And I was just screaming, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, <laughs> blow the whistle. I just wanted to get the penalties so bad because I, I thought, again, I thought the game was going to get away from Argentina. Dibu Martinez keeps it. And then we get to penalties where then the vibe starts to change a little bit because, as we've mentioned during this tournament, Argentina has won more shootouts at the World Cup than any other nation. They'd won five coming into this. Uh, 
France didn't really have a great shootout history, and Hugo Lloris has even said he doesn't really feel like he's very good on penalties. Not a great situation, but how many times have we seen that where the underdog wins at this point? It's not what happened in this, though. Um, Argentina looked comfortable. I mean, we go to the the first penalty kickers, and I think it's a good thing, Jess, that people have been listening to us send up Mm -hmm. a good kicker first. It's very important. Both teams sent the captain, Mbappe and Messi, and they both kind of set the tone, except Mbappe shot his third penalty of the day. Debu got a hand to it, and then Messi's shot was so reminiscent of Diego Maradona's in the 1990 semifinal where he comes into it and you get the goalkeeper going to the one side and you just pass it into the opposite side. The uh, guts to do that. It really did, I think, set the tone and maybe change the vibe of the penalties coming up. It did. But firstly, I think it's great that the two leaders stepped up and did that for their team. It's something that we've been drumming on about that you want your first penalty kicker to be someone that your team relies on and feels like they can bank on to put it in the back of the net. You know, I think with Mbappe, I think we need to talk a little bit more about the fact that he took three penalties on the guy that is the man of the minute when it comes to penalties, right? Yeah. Yeah. Players watch all other games. Players know how Emiliano Martinez is, right? And there's not many players that would feel delighted to take three penalties against him in one game. You'd have to be crazy. I feel like he has a way of mental games. Everything he does is very deliberate. He is the king of, you know, showmanship and mind games. And to be able to step up as young as Mbappe is, and finish three penalties. Yes, hands on two of them, but you've still struck them well enough. And that's why you have to strike a penalty well against Emiliano Martinez because he's going to have the range and the anticipation and the movement across his line to get hands on stuff. So I think that was huge that he was able to step up in his moment and finish. And I'm glad for Mbappe as an individual that he was able to do that in terms of Messi. There's no words on how um, (laughs) how much... uh, confidence we'll call it that takes to to do that and belief and on that world stage and to to know that if you get this wrong you're ever going to be reliving that moment and that just shows that he had a lot of faith in his ability to do that I wonder if someone would try that on on Martinez or maybe if it makes you a little bit more confident when you have a goalkeeper in goal that says I don't like penalties you know yeah maybe um if you go back and you look at the the Maradona semi-final penalty shootout conversion against Italy in 90 and the messy one. If you look at them side by side, they look almost identical. It's just, it's crazy how that's happened so many times in, in Messi's career. So one, one through the first round, we see so often the team who goes first has the advantage until they have one saved. And Argentina has done that consistently with Dibu Martinez. And I was, I said before the shootout started, I said, Debu just has to save one and Argentina mm-hmm. wins it. Just one, just save one and Argentina will win it. This is what it sounded like on Argentina's TV Publica. Pablo Geralt is the commentator and he is amazing. And he's on social media and he posts the booth cam a lot of times and he, 
get super emotional in, in games. There were a lot of tears on his calls later in the game. But this is what it sounded like on Argentina TV Publica on Kingsley Coman's attempt. I think he said save Dibu about 12 times in 19 seconds. And I think he told himself to calm down mm -hmm. about eight times. Relax, relax, times relax. Stand. Tranquilo, tranquilo, tranquilo. I think that Martinez has an ability to make everyone relax, though, when you have him in goal in terms of on your side, right? He's one of the goalkeepers you would always pick to have in a penalty shootout because. Again, that mind games, that confidence, that ability, and he's feeling himself more than he's ever felt himself before, I'm sure, in terms of his level of confidence. But it's a great save. It's a really good save. But I just think everyone in Argentina would have fancied him to make at least one save in a penalty shootout. And that's not normal. I feel like a lot of time pundits talk about, well, the goalkeeper should save one. No. No. Should be able to score from 12 yards out every single time. The goalkeeper is the underdog, but somehow Emiliano Martinez finds a way to make himself the favorite from 12 yards out. It's wild. It's incredible. And it gets in teams' heads. And I think we saw that with the next attempt. Argentina converted with their second. Chuameni, who's had a very good tournament for France, tried <laughs> to get perfect with his penalty, tried to put it right in the corner where Dibu couldn't get to it. He pulled it wide of the post. And this is the same way we saw things go down against the Netherlands, except Martinez saved two in that one. You have two that aren't converted here. Argentina, perfect all the way through. And you get to the fourth kicker. And in that Dutch game, it was Enzo, Enzo Fernandez who pulled it wide, and Argentina won it with the fifth. It didn't get to the fifth this time. Argentina ends up perfect. Four of four in the shootout, they convert. And wouldn't you know it, it's the guy who has the handball that led to the equalizer late in stoppage time, Gonzalo Montiel, who stepped up to the spot. And just in case you have not seen it, if you haven't, you need to go listen to the whole thing. Andres Cantor, the legend of Spanish language broadcasting in the United States. He is working on Telemundo in this tournament. And this is Andres Cantor's call of the winner for Argentina. Va Montiel. Montiel gol. Gol. Argentina campeón. Argentina campeón del mundo. Argentina campeón del mundo. Argentina campeón del mundo. we've we've talked about andres contour and his calls before offline jess and i think i've always said that as good as ian dark's call of landon donovan's goal against algeria that is like the moment for u.s soccer it's andres contour's call that i remember more because you could hear the tears in his voice 
you could hear it again right there. You can't see him, but you know he's crying. And and that's just the mark of an incredible commentator capturing an incredible moment. Go listen to the whole thing because it's worth your time. But you can call up a, a lot of different calls of this, whether it's Argentine Radio, Argentine TV. There were two different TV broadcasts. Uh, many other calls that you hear people break down after this because it's such a meaningful moment for Argentine soccer to win the World Cup again after so many years. It was 1986, and they finally get it done after a game that would shatter anybody, let alone a country who has not won this thing since 86. No. Um yeah, I'm still that that call just gives you a feeling in your gut, doesn't it? It just makes yeah. you feel something and that's the job of a commentator, right? You want to be a guardian for the emotion of the game in terms of facilitating that in someone and it just makes you speechless because you can feel the raw emotion and it's the emotion that everyone was feeling watching that game. Even the neutrals had that feeling. This was the most incredible game and it was an amazing way to end it and there's also the the dash cam or the dash video that I posted yeah. as well. And just watching him and his co-host, it, it's a beautiful moment to see what it means to them, the relationship they have. And I think that's a call that will live on in our hearts for a very, very, very long time. Whether you understand Spanish or not, you can get something out of listening to just the human emotion. And that's why we love soccer. We always keep saying it, but not many things in our lives can make us feel like that even when we're not directly a part of it and that's an incredible thing about sports as a whole yeah you don't have to understand every word of that to feel it and to know what it meant and i i don't even exactly know what i was saying or doing when montiel's penalty goes in um i do remember hugging everybody around me and i do remember just guttural screaming um, I'm shocked that I still have a voice, honestly, because I didn't think I would in the hour after the game ended because it hurt to say anything. Um, let's put a bow on this uh, on a couple different things, uh, kind of rapid fire before we take a break. On El Di Maria, we've talked about him. He was incredible in this game, created three chances. He went as long as he could. Didn't think he was going to start, but just unbelievable. Uh, Talia Fico was another one that wasn't expected to start. Uh, four interceptions, four tackles, just everywhere defensively. Marcos Acuna came on kind of in a hybrid role as a wingback slash winger slash fullback and was a threat consistently down the left side. But I thought it was the Argentine midfield again. Um, I already mentioned him, Rodrigo De Paul, El Motorcito. He was everywhere. He's so much more than Messi's bodyguard, but that's you know the tag that we put on him. This was by far his best game of the tournament, and I questioned him. A lot of people questioned him in the group stage. It took him a while to get going. He was battling an injury. He went longer here than he had in, in previous games, and he was at his absolute best for Argentina. But a player that we've talked about a lot, he won the Young Player of the Tournament Award, Enzo Fernandez, 10 tackles in a world cup final at 21 years old this kid wasn't even starting the tournament and enzo fernandez was absolutely vital for argentina in this final 
And I love that story. What was it? Three friendlies before this World Cup that he participated in for Argentina, something along those lines. Honestly, I think it was just one. I think he's got, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's got seven caps now, and six of them were in this tournament. It might be eight and and seven now. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's crazy. To be able to step up and have that maturity and to be able to control your emotions. I think that's the, the biggest thing, being able to, for those 120 plus minutes, being able to control your emotions in a match and to be able to contribute in that way at such a young age. I mean, I think that's what's so exciting for Argentina right now. It's a, a weird moment because Messi's coming towards the end of his career, even though he said he had other ideas today. So I'm sure we'll talk about that soundbite. But to know that you've got players coming up and exciting young players that are ready to go is a beautiful moment for Argentine soccer as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got so many young players in Julian Alvarez, in Alexis McAllister, in Enzo Fernandez, and Tiago Almada, who are going to be the hallmark of this team going forward. Um, so many individual performances. We haven't even really dug deep into Lionel Messi. We'll do that in our last segment. We'll also talk about the sheer guts that the French showed throughout this match and we'll try to put a bow on the entire tournament as a whole in one more segment of Atlanta soccer tonight coming up in three minutes on 92.9 the game and the Odyssey app okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Look at all of today's matches on Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Let's go! On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. 
Welcome back. Final segment of Atlanta soccer tonight for the World Cup in 2022. It's still bizarre to be wrapping up the World Cup on the 18th of December in a year. I, I still have not wrapped my head around that. We're a week away from Christmas. This is just bizarre. But Jess, before we get into the big picture here to, to finish things off, we do have to talk a little bit more about France because this team came back twice in a final to level it. That's almost unheard of. Um, all the injuries, all the illness they dealt with during this tournament. Killing Mbappe is one of the best young players we have ever seen at this stage, and he has delivered in big moments throughout his career. You can't fault him for anything in this match. Hugo Lloris made seven saves. We mentioned Colo Mwani. I thought Eduardo Camavinga coming into the match was big as well. Maybe one of the plays of the game from the French perspective was the block, the sliding block by Dio Upamecano on Lautaro Martinez in extra time. I thought that was where Argentina is going to win it. Upamecano comes across to block it. So many big individual performances from France, and I hate to see anybody lose a final like this. Yeah, it's heartbreaking on a different perspective too and I think that's where you know you've had an amazing game where you feel sad that one of the teams had to lose in a way because of the fight that they showed it was gutsy you know I think it's important to note that they were very bad for the first 60 minutes they were underwhelming this was not a good performance from the French side they'll look back and rue those first 60 minutes because they made life very very difficult for themselves but good teams are able to not play very well for long moments of games and have the time and the composure to still be able to try and get themselves back in it. And that's exactly what they did. Mbappe is another level of player. I think that at that age, the sky is the limit for him and he can hold his head high. There's not anyone in the world that other than him that can say they've scored a hat-trick in a World Cup final and still lost. Like, that's just an incredible stat that he doesn't want to be on the end of, but gets his golden boot, which is amazing. Uh, I think the fight back in extra time is what is even more incredible. There's one thing to do it and get into extra time, Mm -hmm. but to have had that fight back, then go down, then still be able to get the match to penalties. It's incredible. And we know once it gets to penalties, it really is, you know, a, a tale of a flip of a coin in a lot of ways. And, uh, unfortunately, from a French perspective, it wasn't their day from 12 yards out. And they will look back at this one as, as a really tough, tough pill to swallow for the former world champions. It was a little bit of a, a microcosm of the French under Didier Deschamps in that they came in, I think, intending to be very conservative, uh, passive defensively, allow Argentina to have the ball, but not allow them to be dangerous. That didn't work for very long. And he had to get bold with his substitutions. He had to take chances. He did. And I thought you saw the French team look so much livelier. I guess my frustration with France, even in 18, when they won the whole thing, is the players, I think, can be so much more open, so much more entertaining. And they don't have to entertain me. They need to win. That's the number one thing. And that's all Deschamps cares about. But they can be more if they're allowed to in terms of the style of play. 
is it time for France to move on from Didier Deschamps here? And it's, you know, not going to be a failure in any stretch to get to the final and, and lose in penalties. And you do have this fella named Zinedine Zidane kind of lurking, waiting on this job to open up. This is the job he wants. Do you think it makes sense to make that switch after this? Uh, it's a tough one, right? Because like you say, you've only just marginally lost the World Cup, right? You've lost on penalties. You've done everything else to stay toe-to-toe with Argentina. But a lot of the times, these are moments where you need a catalyst for change. You need to do something a little different. And I think you're right. As much as France did well to get here, they haven't been a thousand percent convincing across all their games. I look back at the England game where I think England were the better team. I, I think Agreed. that it's one where, yes, they've done it and they've been able to win games. But when you have the quality on the field, of course you should win games. When you look at the player ability, and it's, again, that cliche of the sum of the parts equaling the whole, right? And I don't know if that's the case with France. I actually think there's more potential that could be unlocked, like you so well said, Jason, in terms of being a little bit more free, being a little bit more brave. And I think we saw some bravery at the end of the game and it made you wonder if they were free to show that gutsiness that connectivity that second goal with the link up play with the header to the pass to the volley mm-hmm. if that was encouraged every moment of the french play can you imagine how exciting they would be to watch and yes i get it excitement's not everything winning games is everything but are you able to win games as well as you could if you're not playing the soccer that suits your personnel if you're considering a change, this is a good time to do it, where Deschamps has won a World Cup for you. He's been back to a final. He's he's done everything the job entails, um, except for maybe entertain. And you can, you can make the change in a position of strength, not in a position of weakness where it was a failure and then you're making a change, and that puts more pressure on the next guy. In this case, you're handing Zinedine Zidane, who I would assume would be the, the next in line, be handing him a pretty well-oiled machine and, and say, go put some finishing touches on this, go do some detail work and let's, let's move forward and, and be even better than we have been. And I think they have the players to do it. The The depth of France is just incredible to do what they did with all the injuries and all the illness that they dealt with in these later stages of the tournament An incredible performance. And I just hate to see anybody lose in that manner. But I'm not going to lie. I do love to see Argentina win. <laughs> um, you guys know how I feel about Argentina, and I'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we do have to talk about this uh, one particular player, Leo Messi, who now has his World Cup. And the the moment where he was given the Golden Ball Award as the tournament's best player, and walked by the trophy. And if you remember from 2014, the images of him staring uh, in a combination of sadness and anger at the trophy, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to touch it that day after losing an extra time to Germany in the 2014 final. To, To think of that and then see this image of him not being able to contain himself and going over and giving the trophy a kiss that's the moment that I'm going to remember about this whole thing for, for Lionel Messi. What a, what a day for him. Two goals. He was dangerous every time he was on the ball. What a tournament. We already said he scored every stage of the tournament. I mean, what else is there to say 
about Messi at this point? Uh, you just can't put it into words, right? I don't think there's words in our dictionary that could say what he means to this sport and what he's done for this game and for everyone across the world. I mean, think about how many kids now have a role model in Messi because of the way that he plays, that want his jersey, that want to be like him, that want to have that passion for their country. And now he lifts the World Cup trophy and they get to see that. There's no other player that can captivate the hearts of every neutral in the world and want Argentina to win the World Cup solely so that he can have this moment, so that he can cap off this career. And I think what's so amazing about this story, right, is that it would be one thing if Argentina won the World Cup and Messi got to lift the trophy if he had been average or, you know, participated, you know, a little bit. He has been that 99% of the Argentine team that they talked about in terms of the the moments where he's been so clinical. You mentioned his record of scoring in, you know, every match to get here pretty much. And it's incredible that he's been able to live up to the expectation and live up to the moment on this stage time and time again. And that's the mark of a quality player that's not yet ready to hang up his boots. Yeah, he did say that uh, he wanted to enjoy playing with Argentina as a world champion. How long that lasts, I don't know. Uh, Lionel Scaloni said that if he wants to continue on to 26, the 10 shirt will always be there for him, that he deserves that. Um, His career is now complete. He can do whatever he wants with it. He's earned it. He is a player who has dealt with pressure that none of us could even begin to understand he's a player who has talents that none of us could even begin to understand <laughs> um this is a, a kid who before he played a professional match was compared to diego maradona this is a kid who you know his grandmother got him playing got him into his first club um got him on the field for the first time he had older brothers who played it was his grandmother who really got him to be initially the glimpses of what would become leo messi um he's a kid who had a a, a hormone deficiency and was undersized i mean he's he's still not a big guy but he had to undergo hormone treatments when he was very young and inject himself with treatments um, as a kid going to sleepover at a friend's house. He had to take his kit with him and inject himself with his hormone treatments to get to something like a normal height and a normal size. I uh, moved to Barcelona when his dad was losing his job and wasn't going to be able to pay for those hormone treatments. And uh, a Barcelona scout had spotted him, brought him over and he went basically with a prayer of making it in another country with most of his family staying behind. His dad went with him for the most part. His mom would go over and spend some time. His brothers would go spend some time, but he went over there and finished his treatments and earned himself a contract. Of course, being compared to Diego Maradona already at this point at a club that Maradona played at, he broke through as a teenager and was a revelation in the 2006 world cup and with Barcelona and, winning Champions League and then part of, you know, one of the greatest club teams of all time, winning everything in Pep Guardiola's first year. But 
all of that success on one side of his career and all of the struggle with Argentina. And everybody held that against him because he, from 13 years old on, grew up in Spain and played in Spain. So they're like, well, he doesn't have the same feeling when he plays for Argentina. And I couldn't do it in 2010 with Maradona as the coach. That team had no defense. He couldn't win it in 14. He carried them to the final. It wasn't a very good Argentina team. He carried them on his back to the final and came up just short. People would point at the, the free kick he had late in that game. Like, oh, see, he can't handle it. Stuff's nonsense. He went through losing the final in 14, losing the Copa America final in 15 on penalties, losing the 2016 Copa America Centenario final in penalties again. Dysfunction, bad treatment by the Federation. They're not putting the resources towards the team. He quit. He said, I'm done. He can't do it anymore. And you saw Lionel Scaloni, who was starting his coaching career at that time, tweet and ask him to, to stay and reconsider. Enzo Fernandez wrote a public letter begging him to come back and, and apologizing on behalf of the Argentine people for putting those expectations on him and to come back and win three trophies in 18 months, won the Copa America in Brazil, in the Maracanã, won the finalissima against Italy, like a super cup and then to score in every round of this tournament at 35 years old and win the world cup. I don't know how to, really understand that it, it shouldn't happen you should lose your abilities as you get older he's gotten better it's incredible and there is not a way to encapsulate everything that he means to argentina it's just it, it's it's one of the most special things i've seen in sports this relationship grow and change over time and now he is one of the most beloved figures in the country's history not their sports history their entire history he will be there with maradona in 100 200 300 years of the legends of the country that's where leo messi is right now it's just this tournament jess like it feels like and, and i want you to kind of wrap things up here um this tournament had a lot of emotion to it and there were a lot of questions coming into it if it could live up to everything it did on the field what are your big takeaways from the 2022 world cup oh, such a difficult question after today i just think that you know um not everything is obviously perfect with the off the field stuff and it's important to remember that yeah. and there's a lot of questions about that and there will be a lot of conversation about that for a very long time and those conversations are a good thing you know, we shouldn't be talking about the World Cup on December 18th, but alas, here we are. The on-the-field product has been amazing. I mean, the most goals in the World Cup scored, exciting, exciting games. The growth of the game in other countries to see these matches get closer and closer by the minute it is amazing. And I think it's so exciting as a fan to watch this sport develop across other nations to watch you know more teams making their way into deeper runs in the game you look at morocco what a story that was that's one that's going to stick with me for a very long time as it just shows that anything can happen in tournament soccer it's one of those things that we always say anything can happen it's a tournament you never know a lot of the time it does become predictable but not many people had the semi-final lineups that we saw in this tournament and that's a great thing to have because it shows that 
the game is growing and more people need to see the game. And I think now with this bow on top of the World Cup with one of the best games, the best game I've ever seen in my life, honestly, mm-hmm. now we get to look forward to it being here on US soil, on you know Canadian soil, on Mexican soil. And the bar is high in terms of the standard on the pitch and I just am hoping and praying and I know that the US is going to do everything possible to make sure that in what three and a bit years time that we are able to put on a show to remember and man I cannot wait for 2026 right yeah that's probably the biggest takeaway for me is you know 2018 with the US not in it was such a weird tournament for me um the world cup is how I fell in love with this game and it, it's kind of been a day of reflection in a, in a lot of ways for me because I would not have the career, the life. I mean, soccer is my life. It, it's not just like a job. It's how I've met friends. It's how I make a living. It's how I, you know, enjoy things is, is through the game. And the World Cup in 1986 is what started that. And Argentina is what started that. Um, I am not Argentine. Um, I feel like my soccer heart is at least partially Argentine because of of what I saw in 1986. And I just wouldn't have the life that I do if I hadn't seen that team and seen that World Cup. And now having seen the suffering to get back to this point and also dealing with the suffering of following the U.S. program and the growth and wanting to see the U.S. get to that point. This tournament is about emotion for me, and it's what I'm going to remember, whether it's you know the emotion that we saw from the Morocco fans, the emotion that we saw from Lionel Scaloni, uh, the emotion that we saw from the Argentine players. Um, it was a very emotional tournament, and uh, it's just it's going to be one that I will never, ever forget because of how good it was on the field how messed up it was off the field and that's something soccer has to change at a global level, but how emotional it was throughout. And that's something that just will always stick with me about the 2022 world cup. Uh, We will have a podcast on the off the woodwork podcast tomorrow where we'll dig a little deeper across the whole tournament. We'll give you our best 11s. Uh, we'll give you our award winners. Uh, we take issue with a couple of the awards that were given today. We'll get into all of that. It'll be posted on the Off the Woodwork podcast tomorrow. But I just have to thank everybody for spending time during this World Cup with us. It was a really big project. We wouldn't be able to do this if we hadn't been given the go-ahead by Mike Conti. Um, I can't believe he turned over the keys to us to run like a pirate soccer radio station late night <laughs> on 92.9 The Game. Um, thank you to all of our producers who helped us out throughout the tournament to get this done to Josh, Day Day, Eric, Dom, Dylan, taking care of us each night. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for committing to this thing. Um, especially this last week when it is uh, a little after 6 a.m. now in England, where you are. Um, yeah. couldn't have done this without you. Thank you very much. Uh, but we don't get to do this sort of stuff without y'all listening out there. So, thanks to everybody who stayed up late. Thanks, everybody who downloaded the podcast. Thanks, everybody who spread the word. There is plenty more soccer coverage coming on 92.9 The Game. Stay tuned. We'll be talking soon. Have a good night. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.